Welcome to A Shower of Roses. I'm Jenna, your host. On this podcast, we read together the readings for the upcoming Sunday Mass in the Roman Catholic Church, so that when you walk into Mass on Sunday, you feel enlightened and empowered with the knowledge of the Gospel that you need to have a meaningful and personal experience with Christ every week. I'm Catholic, but you certainly don't have to be to listen to this podcast. The Gospel is for anyone, anywhere, at any state of life. We're so glad you're here. Okay, welcome back to the podcast. Today is the 29th Sunday in Ordinary Time, and I am joined by my friend Jacinta. How are you, Jacinta? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Um, could you tell us a little bit, a little bit about yourself and uh, your faith journey? Sure. Yeah. Well, that's a little bit of a loaded question. I know, right? Sorry. Um, well, I'm from Oklahoma, um, born and raised Catholic, was not always living out my faith, strayed from my faith at the age of 15 and uh, fell into the partying lifestyle. And it wasn't until I was in college where I had a massive reversion back to my faith. And it was... Um, the Blessed Mother, praying the rosary every day because I was feeling despair, feeling um, not loved, and I was I placed myself in an atheistic culture um, by the choices that I was making, and that only led me to feel a sense of drought, of authentic love and mercy, and really wanted more, and so that's what led me to pray the rosary every day, and then from doing that, um, it was Our Lady who knocked some sense into me and brought me home to the Catholic Church, and I've been on a radical journey since then, um, living all over. I met you in Philadelphia whenever I was working with Generation Life. You were teaching yeah. St. Basil's, and um, yeah, so I've just been on a journey and um, trying to say yes to Jesus ever since, so... That's fabulous. I love that, um, like how what a big role the Blessed Mother had in your conversion because I think the power of the rosary is like way beyond, um, like comprehension. Like, that's what I do usually for Lent. I'll try to do a rosary every day, and it's so amazing how it transforms like my whole prayer life, yeah, um, drastically. So, yeah, I feel you, girl. Yeah, I heard a priest once say that, like, um, if you pray the rosary, watch out, because Our Lady's going to wreck your life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Have you ever done the um, Our Lady of Knots? No. Or Lady Undoer of Knots? Yes. Yeah. That wrecked my life. Like, I remember finishing that and being like, oh, okay. Like, I didn't. Okay. All right. Yeah. I got you, Mary. Yeah. It's so true. So, Fantastic. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. Absolutely. So we're going to jump into the readings for the week. The first reading is from Exodus chapter 17, verses 8 to 13. Awesome. I will take it away. Take it away, girl. Okay. In those days, Amalek came and waged war against Israel. 
Moses therefore said to Joshua, Take out certain men, and tomorrow go out and engage Amalek in battle. I will be standing on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses told him. He engaged Amalek in battle after Moses had climbed to the top of the hill with Aaron and Hur. As long as Moses kept his hands raised up, Israel had the better of the fight. But when he let his hands rest, Amalek had the better of the fight. Moses' hands, however, grew tired, so they put a rock in place for him to sit on. Meanwhile, Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and another on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. And Joshua mowed down Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Anything stick out to you as you're reading this? Um, there's a lot of hands. That it's funny. This reading makes me laugh because it's such a funny visual of of like your hands getting tired. Like I think of like the TV show Survivor where they used to make where they make them like do the challenges where you have to like stand on a pole for 20 hours or something like that. Like. Right. It just, I don't know. The visual of this is is kind of humorous to me. I don't know. No, no, no. And that happens a lot in the Old Testament. It can be very quirky. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> just go through the book of Judges and you'll see. But, um, yeah. Um, I'm tr- I just, I'm wondering what the... Like there must be power in Moses's hands, I guess is the is like the thing. Like it's his staff in his hand that parts the sea for them to be able to escape um, their slavery. So I'm I I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking that it's just like the symbolism of the power that God puts in Moses's body physically. Right. Might be the point. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot going on there, too. That's the thing with these passages, is there's so much to unpack. Yeah. Um, because he sits on a rock, and we know that um, that might have significance because he eventually strikes the rock, and that's how he can't enter into the promised land with yep. one action. So I feel like a rock is in um a rock being in this passage is significant so yes good catch um there's one other thing i was gonna say oh just interesting how aaron and her are supporting his hands Mm -hmm. to keep them up i get i think you know that's interesting to me that he needed the support of his friends and even though he's the one with this gift Mm-hmm. These two people are supporting him to succeed in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It says fight, rest, fight, and then tired. Like these lines are sandwiched in together, and it just right. seems like all of this restlessness and like this toil. Mm. Um, and so that seems significant as well. Like 
I don't know, I think of like wrestling with God's will in my life. Like if we just let go, open our hands up to receive like our lady, then we will be more at peace and um, trust that God will guide us where we need to be. Yeah. Amen. That's wonderful. Okay, cool. Shall we move on to the second reading? Yes. All right. The second reading is from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through chapter 4, verse 2. Beloved, remain faithful to what you have learned and believed, because you know from whom you learned it, and that from infancy you have known the sacred scriptures which are capable of giving you wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for refute, for, and is useful for teaching, for refutation, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that one who belongs to God may be competent, equipped for every good work. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingly power, proclaim the word, be persistent, whether it is convenient or inconvenient, convince, reprimand, encourage through all patience and teaching. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. <laughs> Anything stick out as we're reading through that one? Um, yeah, there's a lot there. Um, just like to, to the, there's that phrase that is too much that is given, much is expected. And as somebody who just graduated with her master's from the Augustine Institute, I have this like burning desire, desire to share what I have learned. And, right. um, it's a good desire and it comes from God. And, um, that's basically what I'm getting from this is, um, just wanting to share scripture and what we've learned and um, basically what we've learned with theology and things like that and teaching about the faith and growing in deeper knowledge. Like we do that not to make ourselves smarter in a sense, but we do that so that we can share that, those words uh, with other people. And you know that as a teacher yourself. Yeah. And, and what stuck out to me was that at sometimes that's an inconvenient and like a hard truth to share. And like, there is so much of the gospels and, you know, scripture that's like beautiful and, and pretty easy teachings. And like, okay, that's like pretty much common sense. Like don't kill everyone, like love your neighbor. Like I'll, I can get down with all of that, but then you do get to those parts that are really challenging and that like, okay, well, Jesus said that thing. So, you know, we can't just brush it aside. Like, and that's what he's saying here. Um, be persistent, whether it's convenient or inconvenient. Like sometimes we do have to speak those inconvenient truths, but that's part of this whole thing, you know, called faith. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I know that, yeah, go ahead. Uh, my work, uh, my previous work with Generation Life in Philadelphia and the work that I do now with Students for Life. Um, I basically go on college campuses and tell people about abortion and the reality of it. And that's inconvenient for me. Yes. Because <laughs> people don't want to receive it. And that's also inconvenient for them because they don't want to receive it. But it, I'm doing it in love. And yep. that's what I'm called to do, to educate and to help people become aware of the truth. And that's not always easy. 
it's not always easy when you're surrounded by um, people who believe different than what you do. But that's what we're called to do, whether convenient or inconvenient. So I just wanted to reiterate that. Yes, I can only imagine the, I mean, like the, the, the pushback that you must get wherever you go. I mean, like what a challenging line of work for you to be in, to know that like wherever you go, there's going to be people spewing hatred, like either to your face or behind your back. Like that's, that's incredibly difficult. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting too, because the spiritual warfare that I feel with this job is heavy, like more than any other job I've ever done. Mm. Um, My boss was talking to me the other day about that. And she was like, the person who was before was here before you, or no, 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 the person that she was going to give the job, somebody that she offered, turned it down because of the spiritual warfare component. And I've just been feeling that a lot. Um, I actually had like a lot of desolation this month. And that was pretty inconvenient for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then I saw the fruits of it when I was giving a talk yesterday at a, um, a local community college to a pro-life group. I just, you see the fruits of the suffering and um god does offer the consolation but yeah it's all about the journey and not always going to be easy but that's what we're called to do and so just trying to continue to say yes (laughs) amen girl with a smile on your face (laughs) (laughs) all right let's move on to the gospel then shall we yes so this is from chapter 18 verses 1 through 8 jesus told his disciples a parable about the, necess- about the necessity for them to pray always without becoming weary. He said, there was a judge in a certain town who neither feared God nor respected any human being. And a widow in that town used to come by- to him and say, render a just decision for me against adversary. adversary. For a long time, the judge was unwilling, but eventually he thought, Well, it is true that I neither fear God nor respect any human being because this widow keeps bothering me. I shall deliver a just decision for her, lest she finally come and strike me. The Lord said, pay attention to what the dishonest judge says. Will not God then secure the rights of his chosen ones who call out to him day and night? Will he be slow to answer them? I tell you. He will see it. He will see to it that justice is done for them speedily. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Okay, so teaching about prayer. I I feel like this kind of relates to the second reading and to what you were just talking about with your job. Like mm-hmm. in those times of desolation, you have to be persistent in your prayer because that's when satan wants us to be the least persistent right i mean definitely and if my prayer life is out of whack everything else is out of whack as well yep right um i find this image so funny too that that jesus is telling us to pray like an annoying widow that won't leave a judge alone like He's telling us, like, be that annoying person that won't stop, you know, that won't stop asking, won't stop praying. I just find that, like, to be a really funny image because he's giving us permission to, to, be to, annoying. 
to be annoying. Yeah, to to be annoying when we pray. Um, but to to let us know that God never gets annoyed with us and never gets tired of hearing us. Right, right. He put those desires on our heart for a reason. He wants us to ask for those things because he wants to give them to us. Mm. Yeah. Um, in the same way that he wants to give himself to us through mass and uh, through the Eucharist, he's the one who's really calling us to those places. He draws us to prayer. Um, I've heard somebody say in the past that whenever we go to pray, it's God thirsting for us. Like he desires us. Mm. And that's him calling us there. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, so, like, the way that we need to be persistent, we need to recognize that Jesus is also being persistent in pursuit of, in pursuit of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, it's not always easy, though, with certain things, like, um, I know I have, like, a lot of single friends who have prayed for their spouses. They know they're called to marriage, and they pray and pray and pray, Um And they're still single and they're still, you know, living God's will and uh, persevering in prayer and things like that. But I I can only imagine that when God answers that prayer, it's going to just be like a shower of graces, you know. And it's the same with any type of prayer. Um, Look at St. Monica. She prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for her son, St. Augustine, to convert. And he did. And look at the life that he led after um, his life of sin, it, it's just like, boom, he's one of the doctors of the church and eloquent speaker and preacher and wrote all of these amazing books of theology for us to unpack for years to come. And just persistence, God will answer, just got to keep going. <laughs> yeah. And and because the thing is, like, with persistent prayer, it's not, we're not changing God's mind. Like, God is God is God and he has his perfect plan and his perfect timing. I think persistent prayer teaches us to build up resiliency and strength and it teaches us like really good um, lessons that we need to learn for, for ourselves. You know what I mean? Like it makes us better people to be persistent in those times of, of struggle and of, of dryness. I've also heard somebody else say, uh, Christopher West, I don't know if you've done the Theology of the Body retreats in West or in uh, Pennsylvania. Um, I have not, but I love his stuff. I would highly recommend them. So I, I did one and two, and he said that whenever God isn't answering one of the prayers on your heart, it's because he's strengthening that desire. Mm-hmm. Ooh! Like, preach, yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah, I can attest to that. My um, my fiance. I mean, he won't care that I'm sharing his personal information, but he was single for seven years before we met. He was 29 when we met. He's 31 now. He'll be 32 when we get married. So, like, I'm not saying that he's old, but he persisted for you know seven years in in prayer, and it was just because like I wasn't ready and he wasn't ready, and like we both had to be primed and like strengthened in those desires and in our faith until we got to the point where God was like, okay, you two are ready now, like, and put us in each other's path. You know what I mean? So, yeah, on his on, on his behalf, I will attest to the fact that, you know, persistence and patience is totally key. And you know what I love about that, Jenna, is that you never hear it from the guy's side. It's always the <laughs> woman's 
Well, probably because I'm a woman and I'm just hearing other ladies who are talking about it. But yeah. it's, it's refreshing to hear it from a guy's perspective, too, you know, because they have yeah. that desire and um, it's a good one. So that is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it is. He's a gem. Okay, good. Anything else you want to mention about this woman? Um, no, I think that's I think really good. Powerful. I think it's powerful. Prayer is important. Perseverance and prayer is important, and to keep going even in times of desolation, especially in times of desolation. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Well, I was going to ask you what you think our challenge for the week should be, but I think you just said it right there. Yeah, to pray. <laughs> pray, in, especially in those moments of desolation. Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, Jacinta, where can the listeners like connect with you and, and follow you and your stuff? Sure, yeah. So I'm on Instagram, um, jflorence1988. So you can follow me there. That's jflorence, like Florence, Italy, 1988. Um, so follow me on Instagram. And then I also have a podcast called Cataholics yes. with my friend Valerie and you can follow our Instagram Cataholics or you could subscribe to our podcast <laughs> tunes, uh, Cataholics so we would love for you guys to join the party yes it's so good I've just started listening and it's awesome and I will link to all of that in the show description good thank you yeah thank you on. thanks for doing it girl I Absolutely. appreciate it Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Please be sure to subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. And it would be awesome if you could give us a good rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. Those ratings help us get this message of the gospel out to as many people as possible. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at A Shower of Roses and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash A Shower of Roses podcast. You can also check out a shower of for more information about the show or to send us an email or feedback. We'll see you back here next Wednesday. God bless you and have a great week. Carry your word as you can.